He's got a touchdown. Watch out. The earth is shaking. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He won't give it up. Oh, my. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Touchdown. That's one of the most impressive athletic feats I have ever seen. Happy Friday to everybody out there in the land of brass tacks. It's your boy, Caleb and Justin. We're here to talk week four NFL football. It's time to really figure out who are contenders and who are the pretenders. Let's get down to it's it good. today. How you doing, maybe? I'm good. Yeah, we're getting down to the, I wouldn't say down to the wire, but we're definitely getting into the meat of the season. I think this is when, you know, you start seeing teams who they are at this point or who they're going to be and yep. i think you start getting some surprises so very excited for this week a lot of great matchups which we'll talk about today but first we're going to wrap up thursday night football jacksonville jaguars and cincinnati Bengals. i did not expect thursday night football to actually keep my attention and it did the cincinnati Bengals radio network the snap the put down the swing of the right leg the kick is on its way yeah! coffin nails Bam! Bam! How about that? Thursday night football. National audience. Cincinnati Bengals. 3-1, and one, Dan. The Jaguars lose 21-24 to to the Bengals. The Bengals are now 3-1. and one. Jacksonville has not won a game yet. Urban Meyer still looks upset. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. He barely even shook Joe Burrow's hand at one point. <laughs> I think at the end of the game. <laughs> Just a... And, and, and look, we'll talk about this a little bit, but... This may have been, you know, the best game that the Jacksonville Jaguars have played this season. Those are good people in that locker room. It, here's the thing. It was. It really, like, if you really were sitting there watching the game, that was the best that they've looked all season. It's just the reality is that maybe just their best is still kind of bad. Just sickening that you didn't win that thing. It was definitely heartbreaking. I think you they were kind of headed down the same path. Kind of, it is kind of a little heartbreaking for Lawrence because, I mean, I think we talked about it. This was his best performance he's had so far in the league. No turnovers, you know, and I think that's one of the things that Urban talked about in his post game was that, like, somehow, like, they cleaned up that, but they still couldn't win the game. Heartbreaking. You know, he had, I mean, 17 of yep. 24 for 204 yards. Looked overall good, but, you know, looking at the eye test between quarterbacks, Joe Burrow was obviously the better quarterback last night. Usually I'm not wrong about stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Obviously the better quarterback by far. But, I mean, you know, he, you know he's had a little bit more time to be in there get acclimated. You know, look, Lawrence, if you look at the game, he should have had a touchdown. He threw an absolute bomb at one point to Chenault, who legitimately came up a yard shy of the, of the end zone on that catch. Hey, Chenault yeah. had six receptions on the, for 99 yards. That one yard he didn't get would have been a touchdown for yeah. him and Lawrence, yeah. you know. This team's going to win some games. He had a rushing touchdown too, Trevor. Yep, yep. Oh, you, you could so, tell you could tell when he rushed that when he rushed for that touchdown, you could you could just see like he wanted that play, and it, it was a good play. Ultimately, again, you know the Jags' offense showed their improvements. The Jags' defense showed why they're gonna continue to be bad. I think. Yeah, and I would agree, and I think part of this also happens because I don't think it's because the Jaguars are that good. I think the Bengals' defense is pretty poor, and they made you know them look good. I think you know even the Eagles made Zeke look like the Pro Bowler that he used to be. On Monday sure, Night Football sure. last week. So it's easy to to see if a defense doesn't show up, somebody's going to thrive from that. That's valid. And and it should be noted, too, for the injury notes that 
Lawrence did lose a big, big target of his. DJ Chark went down in that game, and it's been confirmed mm-hmm. this morning that he did, in fact, break his ankle. So he's going to be out for some time. I mean, and that's and that is the most talented wide receiver that the Jags had. That was devastating. Heartbreaking. For sure. I think you're going to see a lot more of Chenault you know, moving forward because he was the top target for most of that game, which they also just grabbed Dan Arnold from Carolina too. Used him immediately. I imagine they're going to have, they're probably going to try to lean into that even more, especially now that, you know, they're going to be without Chark. I think there is kind of a running theme here with a lot of teams where tight ends are popular and especially finding good tight ends with your younger QBs is a very popular move. I see a lot of coaches making right now. Uh, hell, look, Belichick went out and got two of them for Mac Jones with Hunter Henry and yeah. John U. Smith. So, yeah, and obviously John has been the the more productive out of the two for right now. We'll see what happens this next week. You know, they got a, some time off before their their next games, but um, yeah, better days ahead for Jacksonville. You know, like heartbreaking, but heartbreaking. I think it'll it'll get better unless Urban just decides to retire again. No, I'm not being disrespectful. Here's my brass take from this game. And this is, this is a legit one. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to be in the wild card hunt by the, at the end of the season. I'm not, I'm not, I can't say that I think they're going to make it in the playoffs, but I believe that they're going to be in the wild card hunt and they could potentially be the spoiler for a team if we get yeah. late, late into the end of the season. I can definitely see that happening. Well, we'll move into the rest of week four. Kansas City at Philadelphia, 1 p.m. on CBS. Betting line, KC minus seven, over under 54.5. It was pretty bad last week with Dallas on um, Monday Night Football. It doesn't get any better <laughs> with KC coming to town. I mean, do I legitimately think we have a chance of winning this game? Sure. I think there's a possibility. But I think Patrick Mahomes is upset You know that he's lost two already to start off the season. I think he's going to clean up his game, and I think mm-hmm. they're due for a due for a big game. Honestly, it's hard to not feel that that is what's going to be going down this weekend. You have to imagine that with the way things happened for Casey last week, especially that they are going to be coming in with the point to prove. Uh, so we're we're going to see. That being said, there are still some things I'm looking to see out of the Eagles to see how they can, you know match up against Casey and how they can test Casey. Because here's the thing, what we have seen be proven throughout these couple weeks is that the Casey defense is mad sus. Yeah. Is mad sus. So, like, this is opportunity to forget what happened last week. You know, take advantage of that. Somebody like Hertz has the talent and the ability that he can cause some problems. He can pose some questions of this Casey defense that is already – you know, kind of reeling, it seems like, you know, in the mix. That is something to be said for that, you know. Also, for, you know, from the Eagles, the main thing I need to see, I need to see that Sirianni believes in running the ball because I still <laughs> cannot get over those rushing. I know. The rushing I, carries. So, so yeah. I need, I'm, a, I'm hoping, I definitely see that. Like Sanders, Miles Sanders would probably like to see the ball. I actually have this sneaking suspicion that, they're not going to air it out at all. It's just going to run the ball. That's going to be like an army game. Like they're just going to run the ball the entire game. <laughs> like, okay, you guys want me to run the ball? I'll run the ball all day long. Uh, <laughs> we're not even going to throw it anymore. I could see Sirianni being a little spiteful in that way. But I think the thing that worries me, 
I mean, I, yes, I completely agree with you that I think, I think there's a potential for this to be a high scoring game that because of Casey's defense being so suspicious is that Jalen Hurts can thrive. And especially if we can get the ground game going, that would be really helpful, especially after how horribly it went last week. I think what worries me a little bit more than, than most people is the offensive line, because once again, we have numerous injuries on that line. Jalen is a escaping quarterback. He does do it in that way. He does do well in those cases, but we saw what happened a lot of times. There was actually two or three times in the Dallas game where Hertz just went to run for it and there were open guys. I went back and watched a little bit of it in a few different ways and there were open guys that he just you know, didn't either didn't see or didn't catch up on it because he was trying to run for his life. You know, that's not what we need. We can't let, you know, Hurts just sit back there and take sack after sack after sack. But Jordan Mailata is still questionable. I don't think he's going to play this week. I think it's going to be another Andre Dillard start. Isaac Salamalo is on IR. Kayvon mm-hmm. Wallace at safety is on IR. Jack Driscoll at OT is on IR. It's a patchwork offensive line again. I honestly, once... My lot of comes back. I honestly feel like they're probably going to have to use Dillard in some way and switch him back to another another role or something, because there's just so many holes on this offensive line, and these guys just can't stay healthy. That was the thing that Smith, this Eagle team, struggled with the last season as well, and it's already kind of taken the early toll. Hopefully, they can kind of right the ship. The bye week is still a little ways away here. The line for this game. Things are still in the balance. The line for this game, you know, we're looking at Philly plus seven. So, yeah. I mean, even Vegas, you know, Vegas isn't expecting necessarily a complete slaughter here. It's going to be very interesting to see how both of these teams come out after performances that they wish they could uh, they could have taken back last week. It'll be definitely interesting. I, I honestly am expecting a high-scoring game. I think it'll be 33-31, you know, in the, in the high 20s. I hate to do this, and I and – I, would normally not do this, but I'm going to pick KC. I was like, yeah, you know, look, I'm just here to call like I see you on, on the games, and I got to roll with KC for this one. But, again, if you're Eagles fans, you should just be out there looking to see that, you know, some improvement from last week and more dedication to the run from yeah. Sirianni. And the only other matchup, too, is, I mean, obviously they're not going against each other immediately or, like, you know, in, the, in position-wise, but it's Kelsey versus Kelsey, one of the first times that they've met together so tennessee at new york jets 1 p.m on cbs betting line tennessee minus 6.5 over under 40 over under 44.5 i am glad that this game is coming up when it is you know we already got a little momentum going we got a win over the divisional rival but also i gotta be honest i'm glad that this game is coming when it is because my titans are a little banged up right now. You know, A.J. Brown, you know, he pulled the hamstring in the game against the Colts. They've already said he's going to be out one to two weeks. And you know what? That is a big blow for us. He's a very talented, explosive player. But arguably, in the long run of things, look, I'm okay with losing A.J. and letting him rest up when we're playing the Jets this week and the Jags next week because then we have, you know, bigger games coming up like, KC and Buffalo, but he's out. Julio Jones seems like he might also potentially be out for this game. So I'm glad this game is coming up when it is coming up because we're not going to have all of our weapons, but thankfully the Jets are garbage. garbage. 
So you know garbage what? Garbage juice. It's garbage juice. So you know what? This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna do what everyone knows we're gonna do for this game. We're giving the ball to Henry. He's going to make some more highlight reels for his growing compilation. And Tannehill will continue to play action pass to freaking Chester Rogers, Westbrook Aquina, and whoever else no one in the league knows. And that's okay because the Titans are going to still get this W. And you know what? I don't care. Stars or no stars. We got this. This is my lock game of the week for that matter. Lock it up. Lock it up. This is this game right now. They're giving the Jets six and a half. Jets at six and a half in this game. It's tightened up all the way. I don't really have anything else to add. I mean, like, obviously, I mean, I could see quite a bit of turnovers in this game, too. I mean, it, even though your your defense is a little sus, like, I think they'll be able to pick on Zach Wilson a little bit. Zach, yeah, Zach Wilson is, nobody has thrown more interceptions and has been sacked more times than Zach Wilson. Yeah. And sure, we, You sure it's not Trevor Lawrence? You know what? He, <laughs> he helped himself out with his last game. Zach Wilson is yeah, going to sure. hold that crown after this game. And Corey Davis, I know you want to get some revenge in this game, but I don't think it's going to go down like that for you, homie. But, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Titans for the dub. Well, next up is probably the biggest marquee matchup of maybe the season, honestly. Most, most people are very, very interested in this game. Tampa Bay and New England, 820 on NBC. Betting line, Buccaneers minus seven, over under 49. Fresh off winning Super Bowl, obviously. Tom Brady is going back to his old team. Everybody is all about this game. Of course, they put it on Sunday Night Football because they know everybody is going to be watching it. Yeah, got to, man. Uh, I feel for the Pats. I don't see Mac Jones or the Patriots doing anything to stop Tom Brady. I mean, obviously. Because they ain't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, Brady knows exactly what Belichick and the rest of the team are doing to prepare. He knows every single intricate detail of that team because he was there for two decades. And I just don't see it being even remotely possible. I think Shannon Sharp said that Tom Brady wants to hang 50 on these guys. Uh, you know what? I am in full agreement with Uncle Shannon on that assessment. That's what I see happening. I got to be real with you. This is the one game where I don't understand what Vegas is on. The line for Tampa Bay, New England right now, is New England plus seven. That's mm -hmm. not high enough. Tom Brady, I feel like, is going to try and rain fire down on Belichick and these New England boys, man. He's got a multitude of weapons, as we've been seeing, on the ground and in the air. The defense is clearly the better defense. So, again, I'm not really sure. Again, we really know this is only a primetime game because at the end of the day, what does everybody really care about? Maybe more so than the game. Don't even watch the game. Just go to the end because everybody wants to know, are they going to be cordial? Are they going to shake hands? Mm -hmm. That's what everybody really wants to see. I think the thing I'm more interested in is like, I'm curious what Tom's you know thought process is, you know, walking into that stadium, you know, for the first time in a different uniform, you know, like as a visitor, you know, because he's spent so much time there as basically the owner of that you know, space. So I think it'll definitely be interesting. I wonder if they're going to have cameras on him beforehand, you know, like walking in and stuff I like would that. Imagine. I'm sure they will. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine so. And he should definitely, you know, receive this and is deserving of it. He should get a warm, warm welcome from all those oh, New yeah. England fans. Because, you know, I understand at the end of the day, you know, he did what he had to do. But I think most of them should understand why it went down like that. And y'all got to thank the man for giving you the dynasty that you know he helped give you and be a part of yeah and it's not like he left on 
honestly bad terms. Like he left on his own, you know, because he saw a lot of the holes that were happening on the offense and defense. Yeah, just, side say, of all. They, just say it, just say it, bro. They didn't want to help him. Yeah. They didn't want to help him. So he left. This this was this was definitely not at all like LeBron dipping out on Cleveland to go to Miami or nothing like that. Either. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And even though Gronk is listed as questionable, he's going to play. What, what do you think the over-under is on how many touchdowns Gronk scores? I think it's at least two. If I was going to set the line, I, I put it at, you know, one and a half and make people think he's at least going to get one. Yeah. He's at least going to yeah. get one. <laughs> I firmly got Tampa Bay winning this. And honestly, again, for me, I think Tampa Bay is going to win this by at least two touchdowns. What do you think is the uh, storyline if somehow Mac Jones beats Tom Brady? Everybody be basically saying that Belichick is the true mastermind and he out, you know, masterminded Brady. He showed he showed that who's still the sensei and, and Brady's still an apprentice. You know, you, you should say all that, you know. You know, Belichick played the trap card on Tom Brady. You'll, I mean, I guess yeah. you said that. But truth would be told, I sincerely don't think it's happening. Yeah, I sincerely don't think it's happening because here's the, here's the deal: as great as Belichick is, there's another really damn good coach standing across from him, and it's Bruce Arians. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. Carolina at Dallas, 1 p.m. on Fox. Betting line: Dallas minus 4.5. Over under 51.5. Carolina Panthers are three and zero, and that's I think the only reason I'm actually interested in this game. I mean, I I don't care to watch Dallas every single week, but I do still watch them, and I'm definitely interested to see what the Panthers do coming up against a red hot Dallas Cowboys team right now. Yeah, it's a very exciting game. Look, they're both of these teams should really, really want to win this match because here's the deal: both of them will only get further legitimized before doing so. You know, Dallas always still has these doubts about, are they really about this life right now? Are they really serious? Or are they just, you know, beating up on people who they should beat up on? You know, Carolina has came out good, but even still, some people have said, you know, their strength of schedule has been kind of favorable. You know, can they keep us up against the better teams? So so here are two of the better teams facing, facing each other. And at the end of the day, Whoever comes out the winner, we're all going to be able to point to at the end, you know, on Monday and be like, yo, they are, they do seem like they're the real deal. And the, and the other one, we're going to be like, everybody's going to be looking at them like, yeah, man, I don't know about them. Yeah. I mean, like, I completely agree. I think, you know, this is in most Dallas Cowboys seasons that I've seen over the last few years, this is a typical, they're going to drop the game and lose to somebody that they shouldn't be losing to if they're trying to be a legitimate contender. Exactly. If they win this game, then it shows, you know, a little bit of growth that, you know, like, hey, we can actually beat teams we're supposed to beat. Right, and, right. It shows we, we've learned. And if you're Carolina, it's a, if you beat Dallas again, you're showing that, hey, you can't actually just write us off. We, we actually got something here. Yeah. And looking like uh, McCaffrey's not going to play, but... The ESPN tagline says, like, Panthers visit Cowboys and surging Elliott. The only reason he, he's he, they're calling him surging is because he had a great game last week against the Eagles. He did not have two, two good games to start the season. They want Zeke to be popular. And look, at the end of the day, Zeke done figured out he need to be on it because Tony Pollard is still on it and has been on it since week one. The spread is Dallas by four and a half. I mean, I think that's accurate. I mean, I think it might be a little bit more i think it might be about a touchdown maybe 
Jay-Z Horn's still on IR. McCaffrey is ruled out. There's a bunch of random injuries for IR. Cowboys on IR for the, the Cowboys as well. Lael Collins is still on suspension. So, uh, I mean, I think Dallas, I can't pick Dallas, honestly, just because, not because I'm an Eagles fan, but because I haven't seen enough of them being consistent this year yet. They lost the opener and they won two straight, but I can't, you know, against a good Carolina team with a good defense, I huh? I think Carolina could pull it out. Carolina has been good, and I, I do expect for this to be one of the sneakily good games of the week here, but I'm still going to rock with Dallas. I still believe, as it stands right now, Dak is still a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. He has the better weapons at wideout. Like, I'm sorry, no disrespect to Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, but CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, yeah, I definitely would take that pair. You know, they have, Dallas still has their star running back. Carolina does not. So, I mean, yeah, because here's the, like, if McCaffrey's in this game, this game comes a whole lot different and becomes yeah. a lot closer because just of how good he is and all the variables he brings. But without that, you know, and then throwing in not having J.C. Horn, you know, who's a, a good corner who they needed to cover these explosive wideouts, I'm going to have to still lean towards Jerry's boys and roll with Dallas on this game. I can't pick Dallas. It's not going to happen. Arizona at L.A. Rams, 405 on Fox. Betting line, Rams minus four, over under 54.5. Matt Stafford and Kyler Murray meet for the first time. Man, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely excited about this game. I want to see what Kyler does against this defense. Yeah, I think this may be, from just a pure football standpoint, the game that I'm wanting to see the most this week. And there's not many, like, huge you know, injuries on either side. There's a, there's a couple guys on, you know, the Rams, but like for the most part, most of these guys have stayed healthy on both sides of the ball. I'm definitely interested to see how much Aaron Donald gets to Kyler Murray, especially with how much he escapes so often. That's going to be the thing. Like when you think about that whole deal, you're thinking about an, an epic race, you know, an epic cat and mouse or, you know, road runner, Wally Coyote, if you will, type situation and then you got jj watt on the other side that's a good offensive line they've got over in la but oh you know, yeah don't forget jj's Dalton. proven he can get after yeah don't forget jj or especially don't forget chandler jones yeah so i'm definitely definitely interested i think the rams will win it but i agree with vegas i mean they've got the rams by four so this could come down to a field goal kick towards the end it really could it's hard to say too because i mean even when i think about like the coaches mcveigh and kingsbury, kingsbury. In Arizona, you know, both have kind of been NFL darlings, if you will, like the younger head coaches that, you know, are going to revitalize offenses and, you know, bring this kind of more air raid style system. And so seeing them two against each other will kind of be very interesting to see. Man, I flip I flip back and forth on who I think is going to come out in this game. And it's probably because for me, Kyler Murray is so good. He's been so good this season that it's hard for me to bet against him. And it's probably because I'm still dealing with, you know, the PTSD from week one and what he did <laughs> to the Titans. This is going to be the first time I'm going to have to go against Arizona. I'm going to lean towards L.A. Stafford has some kind of bigger game experience here. Him and Cooper Cup have been electric. And, yeah, I'm going to give the nod a little bit to the Rams defense and the secondary. Jalen Ramsey versus DeAndre Hopkins, that is the matchup of the week right there. 
big time. Every snap that happens with, between them two, I'm waiting to see what, what that looks like. I would absolutely agree. Seattle at San Francisco, 405 on Fox. Betting line, San Fran minus three, over under 52. The Seahawks have started to fall into this little slump, not doing too well. San Francisco is obviously coming off a couple good wins. I'm definitely interested to see how this 49ers defense handles Russell Wilson because the San Francisco on the offensive side of the ball has just had so many injuries. If they can, you know, continue to score, you know, a good a good bit of points and make it work against Seattle. That is a a tall task is kind of being asked of them, I think, in that regard. But they should, in theory, you know, have the personnel there to to be able to deal with it. I mean, looking at Seattle, it's just for me, it's like the defense is the still the situation. I mean, again, I know you paid Jamal Adams; he was unhappy, you gave him all the money. But Jamal Adams is not that entire defense; he can't make all the plays. And look, that's still what keeps losing all these games. Look at the Minnesota game. Look at the Tennessee Titans game. It's clearly there. Notice how at the end of these games, ain't nobody asking questions about is Russ doing enough? What's going on with him? Because he's doing he's doing the same stuff that he's always done, which is perform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's doing the same. He's doing the same thing. You know what's going to happen. Everybody knows it's going to lock it, and it still does. Y'all can't get no stops. So like, what do you, you know? So what do you want him to do? Y'all got to win, y'all. Russell Wilson is one loss away from being sleeping on the couch. Sierra's going to put him on the couch, y'all. Y'all going to let this happen to Russ? Yeah. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons why the line is, you know, San Francisco by a field goal is because Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are both hurt. They're both questionable for the game. Rashad Penny is also questionable. And they also have D. Eskridge is also questionable at wide receiver. So some of this offensive firepower is is hurting right now. So maybe the San Francisco 49ers can you know, take advantage of some of that and, and get a few turnovers, you know, if, if Russ is trying to cook and make some mistake or something like that it's it it is a little bit of an unusual spot that seattle's finding itself in but i mean it's not nearly as bad as forecasted by sports center and espn and and all that right yeah it's not yeah it's not that bad but it's still not that great i'm gonna lean towards san francisco in this game i'm gonna lean to san francisco i mean we know russ is more than capable of you know putting a team on his back and getting this w but all things considered, you know, with his wideouts being so banged up in San Fran, you know, having, you know, having the home advantage and whatnot, I, I got to lean towards them. I'm taking Seattle. I think I think they're going to get right in this game, and I think the Niners are going to fall two and two. Baltimore at Denver, 425 on CBS. Betting lines even. Over under 45. The Ravens are two and one, and they are visiting the Denver Broncos, who are undefeated and so it'll definitely be interesting to see how lamar jackson does with this you know this denver defense new look denver defense especially at coming off of three wins in a row yeah i agree i think really when you're looking at the denver defense if you're them i feel like your goal shouldn't necessarily be to you know go for the all-out blitz attack on lamar because he's shown on enough highlight film that He'll just make you pay for that. But what should happen is, honestly, I think Denver really needs to purchase the game of trying to kind of put pressure on Lamar, but ultimately make him throw the ball. Just make him make some actual passes. I think that's kind of like your target there. Um, Bridgewater has been performing very well 
I mean, like, he was like, all I got to really say, he's not putting in performances where you're just like, oh, my God, you know, I'm about to win my fantasy league, you know, off this performance. But, like, when you watch him go out there and how he's been operating these first three weeks, he has just been a consummate professional, man. He hasn't really made a lot of mistakes. He's calm. He's collected. You know, you can tell this team really seems to trust in him. And, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Also, kind of a good thing, kind of interesting thing to note here. This is a battle of the two Cardinals QBs. Both Bridgewater and Lamar Jackson were QBs at the University of Louisville. They probably know each other really well, and they've obviously had different careers you know, as they've gone around. But the spread has Baltimore by one, which is, I think, the closest, the closest spread this whole week. Oh, um, it is. When, anytime you see that, they're like... That's straight up Vegas telling you, like, yo, we don't know. Like, yeah, that's basically, they basically told telling you to just flip a coin. And it's honestly because I think there's there's just been so many questions with Baltimore you know, between injury and you know Lamar not doing everything that he normally would, and you know all kinds of holes in that entire that, that entire team. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested. I think Baltimore can pull it out. But I wouldn't be surprised if Denver swings at home. And I think it will probably also come down to the end of the game as well. I think it'll be a fight, you know, for most of the game. I agree. All those reasons being said, I'm still, if I had to put my money down, I'd be putting it down on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. You know, my man is just too explosive. My man is just too different with, with the offensive ability. I think him, you know, and Mark Andrews, you know, his homie, they're going to be able to put it down in here. Also this, if we're talking about this game is very close. And if you were talking about close games, I'm going to also go with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens because only they have the goat kicker, Mr. 66 yard, Justin Tucker on their team. So that's enough sure. for me to give the Ravens the nod in this game. Absolutely agree. And that's definitely an edge that, that they have over other people. Pittsburgh at Green Bay, 425 on CBS. Betting line, Green Bay minus 6.5. Over under, 45.5. This is a rare Rodgers-Roethlisberger matchup, and likely the last time we see it. The last time that these two teams saw each other with Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback was when the Packers defeated the Steelers in a Super Bowl a decade ago. We haven't seen this in 10 years, and it's likely the last time we see it. What a surprise. I got to be honest, when you told me that, when you told me that fact, I was really just kind of shocked by it. You would figure with two teams which have had like two quarterbacks that have been as good and as storied as they have been, with two franchises that are, are as popular as they have been, you would really think that the league would have booked this matchup, you know, more often than they have. Just one of those things where, I mean, I guess there's probably possible times when, you know, either Aaron's been hurt or, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's been hurt. And so they just haven't had those situations happen. I haven't gone back to look and see if they actually did play each other. It just wasn't one versus the other. But I think this comes at a really opportune time because, you know, Ben and the Steelers are having a tough year already and they want to get right. They want to prove that they, you know, have more in them. Meanwhile, Green Bay... Aaron Rodgers is petty, as you said, and I think they're going to keep rolling this week and and handle business when it comes to Pittsburgh. This line is, you know, they're giving Pittsburgh the, the plus six and a half. Like, yeah, I'm still rolling Green Bay. Like, I think Green Bay is the one to probably really hurt the Steelers in the situation. I just can't put too much stock in the Steelers, especially with how 
poor they looked in that game. I mean, every time you you've heard the Steelers be talked about this week, everybody just keeps playing that clip of Big Ben just falling down with no one around him. Yeah, and like it's just hard to shake that out of my get that out of my mind, and especially dealing with Green Bay, you know, where again Rodgers has been rolling and show was and so has Jones, you know, rushing the ball. He's been getting his yardage too. So like I don't think it's going to be any different. Green Bay's gonna Green Bay's gonna roll in and do what they do this week. And Ben doesn't even. I mean, they're they're both questionable, so they could still play. But he doesn't have two of his bigger targets in Juju Smith-Schuster and and Chase Claypool. So sure, they will be running the ball quite a bit, leaning on Najee Harris quite a bit. Rodgers and the Pack are going to continue to roll. Monday Night Football with the Las Vegas Raiders at LA Chargers. 8.15 on ESPN. Betting line, Chargers minus three. Over under, 51.5. Still sounds weird when you say undefeated Raiders. Yeah, it's just gonna put it, it out is, there. It is very weird. And look, this is actually a really good Monday night matchup. The Raiders are quietly undefeated and you know all playing well. And the Chargers are also good. And I think it's gonna come down to a, a fourth quarter, you know, thriller kind of situation. I think it's gonna be a close game. I think you're gonna have scoring back and forth. It could be a, a high scoring game. I don't know if the Chargers can actually handle the Raiders and, and hand them their first loss. I mean, it's going to be a tall task, apparently. You know, we, we we didn't think that the Raiders were a tall task for anyone coming into the season, but here we are, and, you know, we, we stand incorrect. I do actually believe that you know, the Chargers are more than capable of getting the W in this game, so much so that I'll just, I really predict that they're going to win the game. You know what? The Raiders are going to take their first L, I believe, in this week for matchup against the Chargers. And it comes down to a couple of things. One, I believe Herbert is better QB than Carr is. Carr has been having a good season for Carr, but uh, I think Herbert is just the more talented one. Two, I think that there are just too many matchup problems. Too many questions are going to be asked of this Raiders defense that has been very good. I will preface that. The Raiders defense has been very good. Yannick and Gakwe, you look very scary. Look, when it comes down to dealing with the Chargers, there's too many questions to be asked. Is Eckler running or is he catching? Who in the world is going to guard Mike Williams, who is healthy right now? And a big, healthy Mike Williams has been a massive problem for DBs and secondaries. Who do you guard him? Mike Williams is almost like a Gronkowski running around as a wide receiver. So and I yeah. think those are the things I'm looking at. When it comes down to it, because I still rate the Chargers defense more highly than the Raiders defense. Yeah, and the interesting thing, looking at some of their stats, you know, overall as a team, they're very, very even. They only are separated yardage-wise by, you know, total yards passing and rushing. They're only separated overall by about 50 to 100. And yards allowed is is almost identical. It's only difference by about you know, 20. They actually match up very, very well. Just one team. I honestly don't even think one team looks better than the other overall. I think they are very evenly matched. This is a game where I think, like, it could really kind of be a game that, you know, could come down to those one or two plays, those one or two stops, or those one or two third down conversions that you let go through that could decide who wins the game, truthfully. I don't know. I'm going to be fun. I'm going to take the Raiders. 
I can't fault you. Look, I'm going with the Chargers, but I will tell you this right now, Chargers. Hear me now. Y'all bet not. Y'all bet not let this go to overtime because the Raiders have proven to be lords of the overtime. So if they, if you get there, you're going to catch an L because yeah. Gruden has claimed that that is Raiders time. But yeah. regulation time, I got to put the money down. I, I'm going to lean towards the Chargers, but it really could be anybody's game. Well, that's, that's all we've got for you this week. We will see you again on Tuesday to recap everything from week four. You know, we really appreciate you guys listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at BrassTaxNFL. Let us know your thoughts on our episodes. And if you agree or don't agree with us, we will argue with you. We would probably send you funny memes. We will be back very soon. If you haven't yet, you can also support us on Anchor as a listener. Listener support. We would love it if you wanted to throw a few bucks our way. But other than that, we will talk to you next week. Go Birds. Tighten up.